0: Fans about films, nerdy and informative. Dear listeners, and a very warm welcome to the newest episode of Fans About Films. I am, as always, Lasse Vogt, your creator and host. And I have another new guest on this show. Please introduce yourself.
1: Uh, I'm Gwen. Hi. I don't really know what to describe myself. Um, I have a fine uh, Twitter, I I guess, depending on who you ask. Uh, If you ask certain people, they might tell you, my Twitter is fucking garbage. But hey, it's whatever. uh, Their opinions. I have a letterbox. Um, I write reviews um, whenever I can. Um, not free, like insanely frequent, but I try my best. And I have a bunch of other social media accounts that I never check. Well, I mean, I check, but I never use. Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, I love film. I mean, like everyone else who probably comes on here. I don't really know what else to say. I'm um, glad to be on here.
0: <laughs> that's, that's fine. That's all good. Thank you so much. Um, I don't even really know how we met on Twitter exactly. How well, we... I
1: don't remember either.
0: How I, how I found you, it must have been some kind of tweet you did I liked, because that's how it always goes.
1: <laughs> I know I've known you for, like, about a year, because I remember I actually saw, like, another podcast you did last year on The Grinch.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, right, with Samantha, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, that was, that was a fun time. So, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's yeah, pretty much exactly a year ago now. You're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's funny all right that's that's, that's awesome and you know, i have i have many guests on here i just find randomly on twitter whose uh, opinion i'm interested in so uh,
1: this is nothing new to me and apparently you have been on some podcasts too yep uh and i i run one myself um it's called the ticket Booth podcast um I, i'm sure it will provide a link in the description
0: oh yeah
1: i probably should have mentioned that first i don't know why it took me this long to mention but yeah um, it's a pretty funny podcast. Or, well, um, not to shoot my own horn, I have quite a lot of people on there. Uh, sometimes it's like the a, a similar type of people. Uh, the recent one that we did on Joker at at Nick Chapter Two, should be uh, up soon because um, my editor Jeff, I think, is done editing it. I just need to give him the thumbnail because um, I make the <laughs> thumbnail. Because uh, those thumbnails on the podcast, I make myself in um, photo editor. And I just got to give one to him, but I'm too lazy. Um, so yeah
0: oh it's great you have actually an editor
1: <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> i'm i'm my own editor
1: <laughs> I, I tried being one for the first few of my podcasts and i was like oh god i'm poor editing. like uh, i recommend if you are new to my podcast i uh watch the first three at your own risk or like first three or four at your own risk because those are the ones that i tried editing and uh i recently and then i found out that i'm terrible at editing and i was using iMovie so uh well i So, uh, so my and then my good friend Jeff, who I've been friends with for like two and a half years, um, wanted to edit it himself. And uh, ever since then, he's been the editor uh, for like a year and a half. And he does an amazing, amazing job. I don't feel like giving enough credit. He is amazing, amazing. Great,
0: awesome. Yeah, my 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 first few films I edited on iMovie too.
1: (laughs) I mean, I'm not saying. everything on iMovie can automatically be terribly edited. Like, you can, if you try hard, you might be able to, like, I made, uh, my LGBTQ, um, tribute edit on there, and, uh, I'd say it went well, um, and a lot of people loved it, and I edited that through iMovie. Like, it's just, like, when I tried to through iMovie, I made a, lo- a lot of fuck-ups. Like, I was weird with, uh, having, uh, like, just kind of, like, uh, throwing audio and together, uh, there's just a, a lot of awkward shit
0: going on. <laughs> so um, this uh, this episode uh, will have no specific topic. I've done this kind of episode a few times, but I also tend to ramble. I'm a big rambler, so I actually have set a time limit, and you will see how big the time limit is by, the, um, by how long this podcast is, uh, dear listeners. But um, let's just uh, jump into some stuff. First of all, I would like to uh, know... Uh, What are like some of the movies you're looking forward to coming out this year?
1: Oh, God, I have a lot. My most anticipated movie for the rest of the year, now that I've seen The Lighthouse, is A Hidden Life, and then after that, yeah, because A Hidden Life, Terrence Malick is probably my second favorite director behind Paul Thomas Anderson, and A Hidden Life looks phenomenal. Uh, Yeah.
0: Actually, I, I was interested in that one because one, James Newton Howard's doing the music, and another one this one actually looks like it has more of a story than some of his more recent ones and it's weird because it tackles uh a specific story i was actually totally familiar with and i'm german like it's it, it's so weird i have never heard of this true story which i find really fascinating so it's actually kind of nice to discover this uh f- through a movie
1: <laughs> yeah and uh some of my other most anticipated movies for, this year, uh, uh, for the rest of the year. Uh, one of them I'm actually seeing tomorrow uh, Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Which I can't wait for. i um, also looking forward to Uncut Gems, Waves. You're not looking forward to Star Wars? Well, oh, yeah. Oh, I am looking, I'm also looking forward to Star Wars. <laughs> because I was like. The ones I mentioned <laughs> before are just kind of like the ones that I like need now. And I'm also really hyped for Star Wars, of course. Um,
0: yeah.
1: I'm looking for. Oh, oh shit! Oh, damn it, I forgot Marriage Story. The marriage Story is probably my second most anticipated rest of the year.
0: Marriage Story, what is that one again?
1: Uh, the new Noel Bomback movie.
0: Uh I don't have it on my mind right now. Adam
1: Driver, Scarlett Johansson, Lord Dern.
0: Oh, yeah, now, now that rings a bell. Okay, yeah. yeah I mean, I'm... Um, uh, Lighthouse is coming out here at the end of this month, so still need to see that and i want to i want to so badly
1: <laughs> some countries don't get it until next year
0: yeah oh god I, I just can't wait anymore i actually spent the last few days just rewatching the trailer over and over again the first trailer that was me
1: before, that was me before i saw it yeah
0: because that, that 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 weird shanty song rendition they play in it and the awesome editing Ah. Oh so great so great
1: and it's yeah i fucking love the lighthouse so much it's my favorite movie of the year so far most likely either that or rocket man and then i also love parasite and uh once upon a time in hollywood uh...
0: yeah yeah um still haven't seen parasite but rocket man was great like that one as well um that, that, that's really cool like, i'm i'm not really like i can't say i'm looking forward to star wars but i'm at least kind of interested in how we're Ending or not ending this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I still even haven't seen the trailer.
1: I've seen the trailer.
0: Yeah, of course, everybody has.
1: <laughs> but, but like, honestly, I mean, I, I love Star Wars, but I wouldn't even consider myself like a huge like Star Wars like nut. Like, I mean, I yeah. I mean, I, I have a, I have a connection with all the movies. I grew up with them, but I mean, am I one of those like hardcore fans that can name every single every single ship, every single character? No, I've just watched them just because I like the movies. Yeah, kind of same here. I'm I'm invested, but I wouldn't say I'm like hardcore invested. But I am invested enough to where I think, well, I'm really hyped for the Rise of Skywalker, and I I'm definitely gonna see it. Of course, I mean, who isn't? I am sure some people won't go see it. Well, I mean, <laughs> oh fuck, I forgot about those people. Well, I mean, I try to forget about those kinds of people every day of my life. Mm so
0: yeah yeah it's really it's really not that hard ignoring them in a way but it's still
1: fair Uh, to be fair those idiots are still probably going to see it anyway just to make like a fucking 30 minute rant rant on it that will get like 300 views
0: yeah because they don't get that um this kind of stuff doesn't matter Uh, what matters is actually the box office money (laughs) when somebody says some kind of a pop culture thing ruined their childhood they never had a childhood
1: exactly like what kind of child did you have if a, if a fucking movie will ruin it?
0: Yeah, exactly. It's just so 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 incredibly stupid. And if you don't like these, and uh, if you don't like these new movies, fine. Then just uh, you know keep watching the old ones. There's nothing wrong with that.
1: Yeah, we have. Yeah, we, I mean everyone has opinions, but like, if, like I said, if you say that if if a fucking movie will ruin your childhood, then you must have had a sad childhood.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's for, like the only the only time you had spending like I don't know. Uh, a, chained to a radiator and just watching a new hope over and over again <laughs> this got this this episode
1: got dark fast <laughs> that's okay these fuckers deserve to be called out like one thing to know about me is like i i i, I like i'm i mean i don't know if i constantly not out an outright edge lord but i am very like hyperbolic when it comes to some statements so yeah. i mean like you know i i don't hold back uh when i call it idiocy
0: basically oh no no i i don't hold back either like and most most people shouldn't in a way i mean i'm not in the in any kind of like political position why i have to be afraid to say certain things about certain idiots yeah <laughs> i don't have to watch my language online yet
1: <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah you can get your account suspended but i mean whatever i'm still the same old Gwen. He yeah, died. yeah. got suspended because gang gonna stop me. Uh, well, I mean, then again, I mean, that happened like two weeks ago, and I'm kind of over it now, especially because I'm trying to bury the drama that happened and caused it. I yeah, mean, it's I, the best, I it's hate the those best fuckers. thing. I hate those fuckers that caused me to be suspended with every five of my being. But at this point, there's really nothing I can do to try and, like, get payback on them because, I mean, like, uh I tried my best to try and get them called out. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, even sometimes, then, everyone, everyone with a brain knows they did awful things. So, I yeah, mean, some, I guess that, that's worth it enough.
0: So, sometimes you have to play the adult.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I don't want to be like a Like I don't want to try and, like... I mean, it's, I was insanely pissed, and in ways I still am, that trans folks who harassed and bullied me caused me to get my account suspended. But, that being said, like, I, uh, there's nothing I can really do to get payback on them, because I tried my best to... Like, I mean, you know, like, I was mad. And I Mm. wanted, like, I wanted to go to fucking war with them. But,
0: I mean, I
1: don't know. At at one point, I just was like, I'm just done. All this is doing is trying to, is just fucking my head more. It's best to just play this down and just, because I'm used to my old account now. Or not, not old account. The new account, which my girlfriend, who's the best thing that ever happened to me, gave me uh, an old, old account that she had. Um, and allowed me to turn to my new account because uh, I actually had a one of my accounts suspended. I don't know if you remember this. I had like a huge debacle because my dumbass didn't put in like an official email. And a lot, some of the accounts, I just put in my phone number for some of them. So they like uh, some of like oh. a lot of my accounts got locked. Like all of my old accounts. Um, when, when my account got suspended, my old account, uh, they kept saying like your account's locked. You need to put in an official email address, and I didn't really have one. Well, you I, mean, no, I have an official email address, but I used it for my uh, previous main, and uh, I can't. Twitter doesn't let you use more an email address for another account, so I was pretty much fucked. Um, so, if it weren't for her, I probably would have to leave Twitter good and I don't. I didn't want to do that.
0: Yeah, it's it's weird doing stuff online because sometimes it's it's just weird 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 things happen, and uh, sometimes you you have to live with it, and it's it's, it's crazy cr- crazy life today. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> but um enough with uh, all the dark depressing stuff. Um even though it uh, it's all fine and good for now in a way. Um let's let's see what else we can talk about. Some of us I will some of us I will cut when we're just like awkwardly looking for topics. <laughs> so don't worry, yeah, don't every worry about.
1: tried doing that. Like, there have been like several podcasts where we had like no discernible topic. That's just yeah. awful. Like, there are two that just kind of turned into, like, huge rambling and it just became a mess. I mean, like, yeah, like, I don't know, like, um, the difference between, like, rambling, like, I would do, like, in a friendly way, like, on Discord calls or Skype calls, something like that, is completely different than riveting content that I could put on my podcast show. There's a difference, a discernible difference.
0: One thing that uh, is is coming up lately in um, certain areas online is kind of like the the death of cinema in a way the new death of cinema in terms of um, streaming services taking over uh, less and less movies that aren't uh, big properties uh, getting released to theaters Um, who do you kind of like side with and what do you think will our future be like if it uh, is heading this way
1: okay this is something that actually is very passionate to me because i there are a few things i love more than the movie going experience i fucking love it the experience of going to a movie you know in a big screen with beautiful sound and beautiful uh beautiful uh projection tons of people depending whether or not they can shut the fuck up and not be a horrible audience (laughs) <laughs> um, going there, watching a great movie or even, even a bad movie, I at least have fun seeing it at the theater. Mm. It's been something I've always loved doing. It's something I always will love doing. Yeah. And in all fairness, I am scared of the fate considering how, you know, more movies are underperforming now. But that being said, uh, I say it's because of streaming services, I don't know. I think, um... It's definitely taken a toll, but that being said, I uh, wouldn't say it's really going to cause the... Like, I don't think Netflix is going to cause the death of cinema. Just because no. a lot of filmmakers are putting their films on there. I don't think that. I'm not Spielberg. <laughs> Spielberg, listen, Steven, I fucking love you, but Jesus Christ, you sound pretentious as fuck when you were doing interviews talking about that. Like, like I get what he means when he said, like, he's worried of the family with because of Netflix. I get that, but him, yeah, him yeah. as far as the thinking that movies that are on netflix shouldn't be up for oscars is fucking stupid like that's fucking stupid like movies like roma and marriage story and the irishman like so you're saying those movies shouldn't be up for oscars just because yeah. some people this is someone brought this up and i kind of find it interesting it's not everyone has the ability to go to the theater because you no know, yeah. some places it's just it's just, it, uh, oh, excuse me it's expensive or maybe some people don't have enough movie theaters in their area There's there's, some people just watch it right at home. I don't think it's causing the death of cinema in any way. Well, I mean, I I think movie piracy is really what's taking a toll because some people, they don't want to watch a movie in theaters. They just want to watch it on the camera or something like that. Like some people out there do that, whether it be because it's not in their country or because uh, they just don't have it in their option or because they just want to do it just to like uh, because they don't feel like going to theaters like that. Like, I think that's really what's taking the toll on movie theater. I think we should blame movie piracy. That's probably the biggest thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. And movie piracy has been around for a long time.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, like, but, you know, who knows how it could change our modern age. Uh, I know, I mean, I don't believe necessarily streaming services are taking the toll. With the amount of streaming services out, it could be, but I don't really see that. I mean, I don't, I think the reason why, because, People still go to the movies. If you think no one goes to the movies anymore, then you're kind of blind. <laughs> and the, the, the new highest grossing movie of all time came out earlier this year. So I don't want to hear that people don't want to go to the movies anymore. It's just usually... The, in fact, honestly, I I have a, I have the, a similar pretentious opinion on blockbusters that other people do. I like a good blockbuster when it's good. But if it's yeah. either, whether it's good, bad, mediocre, I at least admire blockbusters for doing one thing, for keeping movie theaters in business. If it weren't for big movies that tons of general audience members would want to see, who knows if movie theaters would still be around? Because uh, if if I would love to see a lot more original movies get tons, like I would love to see Lighthouse playing in every theater.
0: Yeah,
1: like but you know any kind of movie that would get people to go to the movies and keep movie theaters in business is just... I don't care what it is. As long as it's keeping movie theaters in business and so people are still going, I'm okay with it. If fucking Aladdin <gasps> or any yeah, yeah. wants to keep the movie theaters in business, <laughs> I'm okay with it. Wait, okay, what were we going to say? Sorry, interrupting. Um
0: interrupting. Yeah, I've, I, I agree with you on a lot of points there. Um, I, the, the, the movie theater experience has always been a magical time to me since I was a kid. And I'm not exaggerating here. Like, it was like... It was like going to camp or something. It was like Christmas every time. Um, it was absolutely amazing. And um, the the thing is, with like you know, a streaming service comes with a lot of benefits on the uh, on the long term. It's cheaper, and um, you can watch it just in the comfort of your home. You can eat whatever you want. You can pause whenever you want, even. And um, but uh, this and you can you know invite friends over, and it's just um, it, it's just a great old time. Uh, the thing is. Um, not it's not even like the fault of the audiences not willing to go to the movies. It's the fault of certain studios demanding so much fr- from the from the theaters and forcing them to play their movies for so long that they can't really. Play anything else, like especially smaller theaters who have only like one or two screens. So that's that's gonna put that's gonna put them in trouble, and that's really really bad. And that's just pure greed on on the side of certain studios because certain movies are just gonna make money. It's uh and then, you know, it's it's just uh, undeniable. Like that that Star Wars will break tons of records in a way, and um and, and certain other things. But um, I think it's uh, it, it's a mixture of that. And then, you know, not having enough options and just seeing the same old blockbuster playing week after week and nothing else, that some people are just, you know, not going to care of that anymore. Just learned, uh, this Halloween, there was a special um, screening of Beetlejuice uh, at one of my theaters. And I went to it uh, with my brother and his girlfriend and the theater was packed. And it was a great time. Like, uh, there they were cosplayers, and they had, like, a, a costume contest. And uh, that shows, you know, I have Beetlejuice here on DVD. I could have just watched it at home. But no, I paid the little money and went went there because I wanted to have this special experience, especially because I haven't seen Beetlejuice on the
1: big screen yet. Yeah, and, like, one thing is, like, I love re-releases. And also, like, re-releases can also be, uh, re- like... I love that they can still get a lot of uh, uh, attention because uh, a lot of people go there are huge film buffs and fans of the movies that they're screening there. Like uh, when The Shining screens every Halloween or the recent uh, 40th, or not. I say 40th, it's way past there. Um, like uh <laughs> 80th anniversary screen of The Wizard of Oz. I can't believe I was this close to saying 40th. <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot, I know. Um a lot of dedicated fans will go to these screenings and, you know, and even general audience members, probably, uh, depending on if they're accessible. Um, yeah, yeah. Because, like, some re-releases get uh, screened a lot, like uh, when The Shining came to my theaters. I wanted to see it in theaters so badly, but it was only playing, like, one night on a school night, and I couldn't go all the way out. But I, I love those re-release screenings, and uh, they're, they're able to get a lot of attention from people who care about the theater experience, and People who love the movies that they play there and want to see it because watching it at home on a small screen and watching it in a theater are completely different experiences. One, like I much prefer watching a movie on a big screen than just watching you know, it on like some tiny ass screen at home. And
0: yeah, absolutely. And also in the theater, you're forced to put your phone away, so you have now of a chance then to focus on the movie.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Because at home, you can your mind can wander.
1: And one thing I love about the experience compared to watching it at home is like I there's less reason to get distracted. Like there's less distractions in your home. Really well. Yeah, like yeah. You don't have to deal with any distractions at your home. You can just watch it yourself. Or will depend if you bring others there. And the only distractions that could be at where you're at is if someone else in the theater is bothering you, which
0: yeah, yeah.
1: is the fucking worst thing to happen in oh, humanity. And, yes. Um and. Uh, and uh, I was gonna—I can't believe I, ever, I i was gonna bring this up. Something you said with advertising in studios, like the studios, can be so like fuck, uh weird with uh, how they put out movies. And um, not to mention, uh, just advertising in general. Like there, are, like advertising isn't just having commercials on TV because there are a lot of movies that I see a lot of commercials and trailers for that bomb. I think Mm -hmm. maybe it's having better marketing and stuff like that. Or maybe... Because if you want to catch the general interest of the public... Like a movie like Endgame. Endgame could have had no trailer, no posters, nothing. And everyone would have still gotten to see it.
0: Yeah, because pretty much the the whole MCU is is basically a trailer for that movie.
1: (laughs) Pretty much, exactly, yeah. Um, But a movie, like a smaller movie... Like, you need to put trailers out there. You need to get people invested. And, I mean, with something like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I mean, that's easy to do because Tarantino is one of the few directors who the general public recognizes. Like, usually, I think the three, like, three of the biggest directors who I've seen people in the general public talk about are Quentin Tarantino, uh, Jordan Peele, and Steven Spielberg. I know there's a lot of others that are recognizable to the public, but those are just, like, the three of in my life. Like, everyone knows who Tarantino is. Everyone knows who Spielberg is. yeah. And everyone knows who Jordan Peele is. Well then, again, in, well, then again, he was a comedian before, so that helps him get a push. There's other directors, like I'm sure there's a lot of general public people who know who Wes Anderson is, because uh, I mean, obviously, because he's a very, uh, very famous to a lot of people. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of other people who love him besides film buffs. I'm sure there's some people in general public. I'm sure there's people in the general public who have seen some of his films, of course. Um, yeah. And there's probably got to be some who know the name and know his style. Um, but yeah, but with something like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you can easily uh, market that. But with like a smaller movie made by a director who the general public knows that doesn't know who they are, um, you it, it's like a gamble, and you need to uh, you need to like put good trailers out, put good marketing out, and a lot of independent studios are horrible at uh, distributing their films out there, and probably because of not a big enough advertising budget, probably. Um, But, you know, I mean, like, I don't know how the studios work deeply, because I've never worked in one, but that being said, I mean, I would love to see movies like The Lighthouse, uh, even though, that's probably not a good comparison, because the general public wouldn't like a movie like The Lighthouse, but like, like a smaller movie that you could easily market to the general public. Like, what's like a small movie they easily show someone and like someone in your family and they'd like it. But, like you'd easily market a small movie that, you know, someone, uh, someone would like and put it out there. But I think you should try and market whatever you can. You know what I mean? Like it's not like, you're just like yeah. Oh, people like this one or they won't, and they won't like that one. So just bury it. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm probably going on like a ramble, but that being said, like, you know, I would love to see better advertising and better distribution. So a lot more movies could like
0: flourish out there yeah i think the the big days of like those viral marketing campaigns for small movies are kind of over i guess because of how the internet works and how quickly information is uh, is is coming out now because i remember like with the first paranormal activity where they had like this like demand the movie on your in your city or something like that and it, it really took off even though nobody really knew what it was and nowadays that's that's kind of that's kind of done it's also really interesting because there have been a few like big budget movies with big stars or with, with big people behind them which had big marketing campaigns you know stuff like a gemini man or a model engines and they bombed horribly and i don't think that's a fail of the marketing or they picked like the wrong people even though Mortal engines is isn't like a real big hip star in that movie like I, I i don't really count like you know hugo weaving he's not gonna draw no as big of an audience as someone like i don't know will smith maybe but um the thing is it's not really a fault of that i think it's a fault that those movies aren't attached to any big franchise and that's that's a re- real shame because uh, no matter how big your marketing is, no matter how big, you know, how, how your budget is, so you can put it out everywhere. Nowadays, if you don't belong to some sort of comic book or space opera franchise, you are bombing because you are not recognizable to the public in a way. And that, to me, is kind of sad.
1: Yeah. Like, one thing that can help a movie that can definitely help a movie like a swan movie is star power. Like if you put Leonardo Mm. DiCaprio on a poster, it will automatically be a bigger head or something like that. That doesn't work all the time. Not saying if you have a big starring movie, like you won't bomb. I mean, missing link had Hugh Jackman, Zach Galifianakis and Zoe Saldana. And that movie bombed hard. I blame that more on bad advertising, but I mean, you never know what can happen. Um, Like, I don't know how big of an advertising budget uh, a lot of these smaller studios have. I don't know how big of a advertising budget like A24 or Neon or uh, Annapurna or even Fox Searchlight, but they've been around for twenty years, so I'm assuming they must have
0: those. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And Fox Searchlight, you know, they can afford some stars. Um, they had, they had stars in the movies.
1: I mean, but um, again, like Fox Searchlight's yeah. an indie studio who's like been around for so long, and they're pretty much like legit. Well, I mean, like, oh, I mean, I'm not saying A24, Neon, and others aren't legit. Come, I meant like. Fox Searchlight's like a huge studio at this point. Like, at uh, this point, and at a lot of points. Like, they can easily probably have a big enough advertising budget to put movies out there. And there's a lot of Fox Searchlight movies that uh, would be sellable. Like, a a lot of Fox Searchlight's movies are sellable to the general public. And apparently, some people told me that apparently in their area, like, Jojo Rabbit is, like, having, like, bizarre distribution. And that really irks me, because that's a movie that I think uh, from I well, from I haven't seen it yet, but I'm sure it's probably recognizable to the general public. if You sell it well, or I mean, depends, I guess. Well, I mean, well, a better example. There's a there's like tons of searchlight movies that are sellable to the general public, and tons that. Uh, well, here's the thing. Uh, this is something with searchlight movies and any kind of independent films. Here's the biggest thing that makes uh, a small movie success: the Oscars. People huh. in the general public will go see a movie that's smaller if it's up for Oscars. That's, how, or at least from what I could tell, because a lot of the highest-grossing, like, the, the highest-grossing Fox Searchlight distributed film, I think, is Slumdog Millionaire. And that, of course, won Best Picture um, and was a huge uh, contender. Um, and a lot of Fox Searchlight's highest-grossing movies are up for Oscars. Well, like, war, war obviously, years ago. But, and of course, uh, probably most recognizable A twenty four movie Moonlight and that of course also won Best Picture so this is something I've noticed I mean, when you really think about it a lot of highest grossing um, smaller movies well probably not the most highest gross but like a lot of smaller movies that can make big money are ones that won Oscars the ones that were least nominated like I'm sure the favorite Oscar push allowed more people to see it and it allows people like just, like just any kind of general audience member to know what these movies are and, and all that yeah,
0: you're you're speaking a true word there, and it's it's a shame that a lot of you know Oscar contenders would come out you know during the Oscar season November December, they get held back until the next year in certain areas, especially in Europe, In Europe in the UK. Uh, it's it's really hard to watch those movies beforehand. Like for example, I watched um, um, uh, Shape of Water after it won at the Oscars, you know, Best Picture and all of that. So I was already like, okay, at, at least now I know. It got some, you know, recognition in a way and, and watching it and saying like, oh man, this really deserves this and that, and then I was like to myself, oh no, it actually it, it took that one. But um it was still kind of a shame, you know, it's it's still a shame that they don't release certain movies at the same time in certain areas. And um the the funny thing is with Jojo Rabbit, because that one has the um has the the certain kick because the the hook in a way like this weird comedy that kind of looks like a Wes anderson movie but it's with hitler um and i think i i could be wrong but is that kind of concept you know comedy with hitler is that kind of like a novelty in america
1: i mean actually when i say jojo rabbit so i mainly meant like i mean like it's easy to price like a quirky kind of comedy but that being said i mean like it, I doesn't i thought twice kind of when i when i said that earlier because i mean how easy is it to sell a movie, like, a comedy starring Hitler? Like, it's it really... It's probably not that easy to sell it to, like, general audience members. because they'd probably just be turned off by it. Or... Hitler parodies... I think, like... I mean, obviously, I mean, you can... It's still easy to parody him. But, like, not to the point where you can, like, sell it to anybody. I mean, like, the... Like, like tons of TV shows have parodied Hitler. But, I mean, like, uh... I mean, obviously, uh... Like, Charlie Chaplin... Uh, oh yeah, Hitler in *The Great Dictator*—like that was like a big thing when it uh, that movie came out.
0: Exactly, and also stuff Monty Python has done. And but but anything recently that's like known in America, I'm not really sure because um, because uh, it was really funny to hear like some some you know uproar uh, from American like like critics and reviewers and all of it. Like, oh no, a comedy about Hitler isn't that kind of insulting? Can that work? The funny thing is over here in Germany. Uh, you know jokes and comedies about hitler are dime a dozen it's incredibly common over here to 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 make jokes about that matter because um you know we, we kind of follow this tradition it's a, you you can take um the the, the, the fear and the, the terror from something away very quickly when you uh, tackle it with humor and so we have tons of comedies and funny movies and sketches and all of that with Hitler. Just you know, every it's like every other week, and um, it's 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 so funny that uh, I mean, so look at the producers, uh, Mel Brooks. Um, it's it's a, and that was his uh, exact same um, reasoning, you know, laugh about it. That way you can you can take the power and the and the terror away, and it's it's a really smart saying because that's that's what we've been saying. For the last uh, few decades and uh, it, it, it has it has worked great. So to us this is really nothing new.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I said there's tons of Searchlight movies that are accessible. I mean there's some that you know I mean uh, probably aren't. I mean look, there's like a lot of Searchlight movies actually uh, when you look back there's a lot that when they came out they bombed or they weren't in any theaters. This is actually the case for like a lot of smaller independent films. Then once they came out on a DVD yeah. and like uh, were able to uh, like, uh, get out there more, um, now they're they're classics. Like Napoleon Dynamite is a comedy that like everyone I like a lot of people I know quote or something like that. And uh, now it's an iconic comedy. You know, you all, if you anyone watch, listening to this has not seen a person in public wearing a a vote for Pedro shirt, then you have not lived. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone in their life has seen someone in public wearing a vote for Pedro shirt, but when that movie came out, it something wasn't wasn't a hit, and now it's this big comedy. Yeah, it also came out kind of like at the
0: right time in a way because I watched I watched it much later, and I didn't really get it in a way, but I could see why it clicked with people at that point in time. I just I just myself couldn't really get into it all that much. I know I don't know if this if it's a sacrilege or anything
1: i was gonna mention how i think it's just decent but i mean like you know uh you you've seen some movies like it that you know like uh when they came out they weren't hits but then they uh were able to grow up more and then when they came on dvd and more people talked about them now it became like this big thing
0: there's a lot of where
1: that happened
0: It, it, it happened indeed a lot of times you know something like Dark Crystal has this big audience now. You know the movie. You know that was a big bomb when it came out, but over time it uh, it grew in population, uh, and, and now it now a lot of people actually, you know, really like it and appreciate it. Even though I think the Netflix show is way better, uh, but that's a different story. Um, the other thing is um, uh, sometimes people uh, sometimes films just come out at the right time and speak to a certain group of people. And um, I don't know if this if it still happens. Like uh, anytime a movie comes out nowadays, it's just a little bit different. You know, critics say, oh, it's an instant cult classic, which kind of takes uh, the, no, the, the special out of it. <laughs> because we, we are not really, sometimes we are still allowed to discover something for ourselves, something that seems to be forgotten, but then, oh, oh, geez, you know, this is actually uh, really good and nobody has ever told me about it. But it it, it happens less and less nowadays because even if a movie doesn't have that big of an advertising and it just flies by certain audiences, it's not that hard to find it online when you are a big film buff and you are a fan of this person or that person in the um, creative field of filmmaking. So it's just... um, but take something out of it, out of the experience to discover something and then telling friends about it and then maybe finding that certain person who also knows about it. And that's it, kind of I don't know, that, that it's just this weird time, you know, when we're so connected with um the um social networks. And that I think I think that this just it, it brought us closer together. But it also um made it kind of you know made it hard for us to
1: play detective anymore in that way oh, yeah i mean the thing is one thing that i mean uh the internet has allowed uh small movies to grow you know um uh, you know i mean back then when like the dynamite came out or any kind of independent film that wasn't a hit when it first came out but then grew uh there was no internet. There was no internet to tell you like, oh, this movie movie's awesome. Like usually the biggest source of film criticism from those times would be from uh, Roger Ebert uh, or from like a newspaper or something like that, or any kind of form of criticism. But it wasn't like it is now when like there's when like film Twitter is a huge thing with letterboxd, with tons of other um, things that allows, uh, that allows a, Smaller movies to get a bigger push, or like, well, like, uh, grow a huge, bigger audience. Now there's everywhere where anyone can discover smaller films they've never heard of, and also Hmm. a lot of a lot of other movies just were just small hits, Uh, then grew to be huge cult uh, cult following or huge cult films. Like Big Lebowski is a big example of this. Oh, oh yes. When that movie came out, it bombed, and I think it also got bad reviews at the time. And now, (laughs) where it is now. Now it's this huge classic everyone knows about, everyone's seen, everyone quotes. So it's, in fact, it's grown so big some people are sick of it at this point. And, and it's one of the best Con Brothers movies, undeniably. Oh yeah, exactly. And like like now you you hear people being like ah uh, the movies are exposed now, and 20 years later no one knew about it, which I just <laughs> find hugely ironic. Same thing with A Christmas Story, I think. Yeah, The Christmas Story wasn't a big hit when it came out either, I don't think. And Fight Club also got bad reviews when it came out. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's 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 quite interesting with, with certain films like that. I mean, it's, it's... But but like I said, it's it's much more difficult nowadays to uh, discover something special for you. Because especially, there's just too much coming out now, in my opinion. We are just... It, it gets stuffed... We get stuffed with all the... Films and TV shows coming out, you know all the things they announce for Disney Plus, all the um, all the Star Wars related content. Even diehard Star Wars fans, they pretty much have to give up their entire life and private life to even keep up with the stuff they plan releasing on there, and that's just it's too much. Uh, you know, especially after like this whole Endgame Infinity War saga thing wrapped up. And then they immediately announce, like, eight or ten other movies that are coming out during the next, like, five years. And I'm not really excited because I'm like, it's it's way too early to start, you know, to, to keep going. I think, like, take a break for maybe, like, one year or two. I mean, but, but I guess that's impossible because the money machine just has to run. But, like, let it, people miss. Let people miss it for a bit. Kind of like what happened with Star Wars after the prequels. You know, people were just... Hungry for more in a way, or maybe just like for something different, telling the story better. And uh, I think that's part of the reason <laughs> um, *Force Awakens* was was a huge hit. But now it's it's like I don't even think that I I think certain comic book movie fatigues could set in at a certain point. Now that this big story is over, you know there will be more movies. There will be probably more hits, but as soon as those certain stars are gone and they are going uh, going to go to the more obscure stuff. I don't know if they can keep going that much longer.
1: Second thing I thought about, like, I mean, like, at this point, I mean, who knows uh, how big The is going to be when it comes out. I mean, I'm sure um, hardcore Game of Thrones fans will probably watch it because of the two dudes who made it. I can't remember their names. Uh, also,
0: Benioff and Twice, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um,. Also, one thing that helps... I mentioned that the internet helps uh, movies get out there. Also, I mean, like, not saying that The Force Awakens... I mean, The Force Awakens would have been a big hit regardless. But also, with how much that trailer got people talking on the internet, like, it allowed it to, like, flourish even more. Like like I said, it would have been a huge hit. Like, a humongous hit. I'm sure it's just as big if it... it, uh, Well, around there. uh, If the trailer wasn't talked about as much. But that being said, that trailer and the trailers for a lot of other big blockbusters, um it being the most talked about thing, even people who I'm sure even people who don't care about Star Wars went to Force Awakens opening night.
0: <laughs> yeah, because they just built it up, it was kind of a huge event. You you kind of had they, they kind of forced you, no pun intended, to be there. Um, to to be like, do you want to be the only person who hasn't seen this opening night, like like that kind of?
1: Yeah, and like uh, you know, uh, tons of dedicated fans will go. And um, but the thing is, that trailer, I still fucking love the trailers to Force Awakens. They knew exactly what to do in order to get people excited, especially that big that that big teaser that everyone talked about. It knew just what to show just what to put in, just what to do in order to get people excited, whether it be hardcore fans, people who don't even care about Star Wars, anyone who is like, I'm sure everyone went to go, everyone went to go see it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and um, also and um, I mean, it, it was J.J. J. Abrams' film and he's great in advertising stuff without showing anything and uh, that, that, was, that was great when they got him because they have been very, very clever with all of their Star Wars content, not showing too much. And uh, hyping hyping it up, you know, keeping the hype machine flowing. And um, that's, that, that was actually really great uh, going into The Force Awakens not knowing exactly what the plot was. It was great watching a big movie and not knowing what to expect, even uh, if it was a movie that was part of this big familiar franchise. And I miss that because nowadays trailer just suck (laughs) that's why I like the first trailer for the lighthouse so much I mean that's not a big franchise but it's great that you can get a certain grasp of the atmosphere and the concept but you don't really know the plot you have no idea what's 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 going what's gonna happen exactly in that movie and you can dissect the trailer for certain things you know for certain like cues but still I, I actually thought like from the first look of the trailer and stuff I thought it was gonna be like kind of like a Lovecraftian movie and um i'm still really excited to see it i I still don't quite know what to expect from it and how the horror is gonna come in i'm just i just want to watch it because i like those two actors a lot and because i like the director's previous film Mm -hmm. yeah yeah but yeah that that, the trailer that played in front of beetlejuice too um was great uh, seeing that in the uh on, on on the big screen and um I, I just can't wait i just can't wait damn it
1: <laughs> you should
0: you should be that excited oh oh i i um uh, i'm just i'm also just so glad that robert pattinson got the break he deserves
1: same oh my god i love him the pieces
0: because even you know when you when you go back and watch those twilight movies he isn't even bad in those like you can clearly see that he's a good actor it's just you know it's it's just he horribly written
1: too good enough material to work with yeah yeah
0: yeah absolutely like and there there are some actors in that movie which are genuinely kind of bad but he isn't among them like actually i actually thought he was kind of he was kind of he was entertaining in the same way as dakota johnson's entertaining in the 50 shades movies because she she kind of because you can see it in the in the first in the first movie uh Dakota Johnson is playing it for comedy and in the later movies it's entertaining to watch her obvious contempt in her face for this uh, material which which makes it entertaining in a in a different way but before that, had patterns here you can kind of see this this uh, hidden smirk on his face you know you can kind of see what he's thinking and it was great and after that immediately he got picked up by like Cronenberg did a few films with him and um saw some stuff. I I think that the first thing I saw him being in post-Twilight was, um, it might have even no, 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 that was in the Water for Elephants, that one um, oh yeah, I liked it, I liked it, it's it's a solid uh, drama romance film Uh, my my mother had a few issues with it because she read the book and they changed some stuff, she imagined some stuff differently but I I liked that movie quite a bit and he's good in it too, and uh, but it's still, you know, it's kind of like you can tell it's still familiar territory because it's a love story, but um, it's it's great how he um, uh, how he actually developed his roles and um, how he's the, not, the new Batman now, which I couldn't be more pleased with. I was immediately like, "Oh, we're going for a totally different thing." I actually really expect that they push the detective angle of Batman now with this new version.
1: Yeah, and. Uh... I think
0: there's a chance it might be the best Batman yet. We'll see. Oh, but I mean, with with that director who made you know two incredibly well-made movies uh, about the about a franchise that was pretty much dead uh, before, you know, and I, I mean uh, they kind of revived it. And that I think it was two thousand eleven when that new one came out. But then Matt Reeves really took it to a whole other level. Uh, he he will make a great Batman director. And Robert Pattinson will, will do an amazing job uh, as Batman. I'm, I'm really excited about every casting choice I hear.
1: And God, I fucking love Robert Pattinson. He is such a great actor. He's amazing in the lighthouse.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm just really glad, you know, that, that he, that he uh, caught that break. And they, it, it, it's still maddening that a few people still just reduce him to...
1: I can hate that. some Like, those people who say, oh, you shouldn't be Batman because of Twilight, those people can fuck right off. Watch Good Time and High Life fucking plebs.
0: I heard those are good. I haven't seen those yet, but I heard those, uh, especially Good Time. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in that.
1: Yeah. A good Time's amazing. Well, so <laughs> is High. Basically, yeah. That dude is just killing it with all the small movies he's in. If you told me ten years ago that one dude from Twi- that vampire dude from Twilight would become one of my favorite actors, I would have thought you crazy. But I mean, well, maybe not the most crazy because I mean we all liked him a degree before that point. And then now he is doing all these small indie movies being incredible in them with his incredible performances oh my god yeah yeah such a great actor i think
0: uh, a lot of people said the same like you know after titanic people would kind of like uh, uh um uh, leonardo dicaprio kind of had that certain uh stigma and uh you know if, if somebody told me back then this, this guy is gonna be like the new tom hanks in terms of like leading man charisma um, I would have, I would have laughed in
1: their face, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, and like uh th- same thing with Ryan Gosling. Like, you, if you, did you think that one dude from that one dude from the Notebook would become this incredible, huge talent that we all love today?
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not really a big fan of his, like those serious roles he did for Nicholas Winding Revan, because I don't think they do his um, talent any justice. When I saw him in The Nice Guys, I was like, this is a totally new side of him. Like, I, I, can't, I can't freaking believe how amazingly funny he is.
1: <laughs> people probably thought uh, similar things about Jake Gyllenhaal. I mean, I don't know if they did, but who knows. But, I mean, like, you know, people underestimate the talent of a lot of actors. People are doing it now with Dakota. Uh, same thing with Shailene Woodley. Like, she's probably just known as that girl from Divergent, but you watch her on Big Little Lies. Excuse me. She's just amazing.
0: Oh, true! Yeah, exactly. Um, it's it's just sometimes um, big when you start a big franchise, it can be a blessing, and sometimes it can be a curse. Like it's it's really quite interesting how in certain franchises people haven't gone anywhere, and uh, certain people have. Like it's it's weird how um, you know certain actors from Lord of the Rings or Star Wars, you didn't tend to see really anymore more after that.
1: Yeah, I mean, like that's sad. Yeah. You know, you never never thought that. I mean, obviously, like, Ian McKellen and Elijah Wood, I mean, are obviously famous, but, uh, you know.
0: Yeah, but they were famous before, too. Like, they had big careers before that.
1: People who were new from Lord of the Rings, you know, they didn't really seem to really jump out that much. Well, I mean, did Orlando Bloom do that much before Lord of the Rings?
0: No, that was, I think that was his first big movie. The the, the only, only, like, film role he had was a very, very small like one-line role in that um oscar Wilde movie called wild um yeah, yeah he but that was his first big movie actually yeah and then like at the same time he got cast and in, in certain other stuff and then he landed another big hit with pirates so yeah but that was that was actually one of his first big things That was just you know, kind of like this lucky break early on where he just were was uh, able to star in big movie franchises right when his time at um,
1: acting school actually ended. Nice. And, yeah, I mean, like, uh, yeah, so I guess Orlando Bloom's, like, the big one who actually did get big off War of the Rings. Though, I mean, I haven't seen him do that much recently, so, you
0: know. No, not recent. He has been in some thrillers, which I haven't seen. The, the last one I actually saw in cinema, where he was in? I mean, not counting Pirates 5, you know, a small cameo in that. But the one, uh, he played the villain in that new... Um, uh, Free Musketeers movie, the the Paul W S Anderson one. Oh God! He plays Buckingham in that, and he's kind of he's kind of fun, you know. He's hamming it up. Um, he he doesn't have any action scenes in that, besides from one where he's like shooting some guns. But he doesn't have any like fight scenes, and he's just you know he's 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 kind of funny in that. But um, after after that, no no, he has. Um, I think he's like uh, the small production company now, and he was in some thrillers. But yeah, I wish he would come back for I, and then of course The Hobbit, you know, he came back for The Hobbit, but that was just the same role again, so it doesn't really count.
1: Yeah. Like, would you expect the girl from Fifty Shades to like, be great in Bad Times in the Royale, Suspiria, Or uh
0: The Bad Times was great. I watched that in the theater last year when I made my trip to America. That was That was really cool yeah the um it's yeah it's quite interesting where certain people can end up and uh, how uh movies kind of like dictate your career and sometimes don't you know sometimes people evolve from certain things but weren't hits, but they survive and do other interesting stuff. It was actually really, really funny, um watching you know that was um Kingsman came out before. I think Kingsman, Kingsman was the same year as Force Awakens, but I didn't know that Mark Hamill was in it. And then he he has like in his in you know he has his first scene in Kingsman. I was like,
1: it's freaking Mark Hamill! I forgot that was Mark Hamill in that movie. Oh fuck!
0: Because the the that role in the comics actually looks like Mark Hamill. I think he was deliberately drawn like that. So they they cast him as an in joke, pretty much. I forgot that was him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His head, uh, his head blows up.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But it was funny. It was really funny. And now he has this revival, you know, doing a great job in Last Jedi, then voicing and uh, Chucky in the reboot. And I mean, he did always. He was always kind of there, you know, doing voiceover stuff. But then also he's he is in the Dark Crystal series as well. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He plays he plays like this, the, the, the evil scientist, and it's uh, it, it, it's great its it's great hearing his voice there and um but yeah it's 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 great that he had this uh, rev- also he was like in that interesting uh, Brixby bear in that movie he played a part in that uh which i liked him in as well as well it was a really interesting role so it's it's oh he's he it's great he's getting work um still and uh, if, even before star wars uh so that was uh no that's that's always fun um I saw him, I actually saw him uh, lately, somebody on Twitter or on Facebook, dug this up. It was like this weird German German TV singing show, and he had a cameo in that, as a guy on the moon, and he speaks like phonetic German, even though he doesn't know the language. And like, he's sitting on the moon and there's like this moon princess, and they play the Star Wars theme. um, I don't exactly remember what the context was. It might have been some kind of weird commercial but it was actually funny that he had this that gig on german television back in the day <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: our time is uh, running out but that's no problem we still have a couple of minutes left what's another quick topic that's just burning
1: on your mind uh how the oscars are gonna go oh god <laughs> because there's so many great movies that came up this year that have a lot of buzz that could easily be nominated, but I'm scared they're going to fuck it up like they did this year. When they could have had Beale Street, they could have had Widows, they could have had tons of other movies, and then they gave it to fucking Bo-Rap. Well, Bo-Rap and Green Book. But Bo-Rap's the one that pisses me off more.
0: Oh, but but that, that, that pissed me off as well, and I haven't even seen the movie. But I was like best editing for freaking hab I, I I watched, um, I don't know if you listen to it because you should listen to it. It's great. The, the Film Brain podcast, um, Matthew Buck, he did a special about the Oscars. And he had, um, if you know him from Folding Ideas, Dan Olsen was on that show. I, I know
1: of him, but
0: yeah. Okay, great. So, And uh, Dan Olsen told something about the Oscars, which was actually kind of revealing where certain Oscar members because they are lazy, they tend to block vote on certain occasions. So for example, they have like, you know, sound editing, sound mixing and editing, you know, those three categories. And then uh, you have certain voters who are sitting there like, okay, I really want um, a green book. And you know, I really want Bohemian Rhapsody to win for sound because I like uh, Queen's music. So let's just vote uh, Bohemian Rhapsody for all three. And that's how that stuff happens. Jesus. Yeah, so they are just so lazy. I mean, they don't watch the animated movies. I think Spider Verse only won because the two Disney movies which were nominated now split the votes.
1: Yeah, and also I mean, well, yeah, I mean, Sp- well, Spider Verse also had Mar was also in association with Marvel, which I mean, obviously is owned by Disney. And Disney owns the Oscars. Well, yeah, well, they own ABC, which has the Oscars. I don't know if Disney has any kind of involvement with um, Best Animated. Uh, but that being said, Disney movies win every fucking year. So, I mean, they do kind of dominate the animated. Sometimes
0: they don't win. I, but I think when Rango won back in the day, there was no Disney movie re, uh, released, or a, at least at least no strong Disney movie.
1: Yeah, well, Cars 2, which wasn't going to fucking...
0: Oh, oh, yeah. So
1: I'm glad Rango
0: won. That... Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, it's a technical achievement. It's also a funny, weird win.
1: Rango is fucking fantastic. I also, like, I, I love... I haven't seen it in a while, but I really want to rewatch it. And especially now uh, to look for all the Fear and Loathing Las Vegas references. But the, I... I <laughs> that movie... Yeah, but Fear, uh, Rango, I love. Uh, and yeah. And it, it's such a yeah, all, well-directed, films. well-made movie. And uh, I love how... I love, like, all the, like, interesting things Vince he's willing to do
0: he's a nut. Like, he's he's crazy in the right way, where he's just so incredibly creative. He has such a big imagination. It's always interesting to see him do his thing. Indeed. And you got that early in his career with um, uh, Mouse Hunt. That, that, that movie is insane. But you can see, you know, he, you can see his creative mind behind it. But yeah, with the Oscars, there are certain expectations I have. One... Um, uh, Lupita Nyong'o and anyone re- uh, involved with either us or The Lighthouse are gonna get snubbed.
1: Sadly, I, I, I think Willem Dafoe will still be nominated for Best Supporting Actor because he gets nominated every year for all the small movies. And so, but I would love to see The Lighthouse get other nominations like cinematography, production design.
0: Huh. Um,
1: but even then, that's probably a score. But even though that's probably a bit of a hoping against hope, I would fucking love if Rocky Man could still get some attention because Paramount's apparently pushing it oh they should they should it's a great movie with great performances yes i th- i agree 100 like infinite amount percent and all i want is just a, i want to at least see taran egerton get nominated
0: yeah i i mean he 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 has to be nominated when if, if remy malik won for for bow uh for, for bow rap uh it, absolutely he's gonna at least get nominated yeah paramount will push that and rightly so um also like could like use some stuff i don't know like maybe like best cinematography costume design editing i don't care like anything anything they they would be would be great because uh, i mean he should get nominated because he also actually you know did sing his own songs
1: (laughs) such an amazing performance
0: wonderful and it was such an interesting angle to do a biopic movie like this it was not it it wasn't your you know Uh, You know, straight by the numbers biopic, it was uh, actually a creative musical about his life.
1: And everything about that movie I love and so much about it I think works insanely well and I just adore that movie to pieces and it also is not homophobic unlike Bo Rap which completely fucked everything up. Uh, I heard
0: that,
1: yeah. But Rocky Man does it so well and everything about it just feels so... uh, like emotionally impactful a lot and oh yes and and fantastical because a lot of the, and a lot of great musical numbers and great performances.
0: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Like, like stuff like best visual effects. What, what has come out this year? That got, I mean, at uh, like from the sheer spectacle of it, uh, like Infinity War. You know, Endgame is gonna get nominated at least.
1: Yeah, I mean, also you have other movies that could probably be nominated. Like, uh, I would love if Ad Astra got nominated for that category.
0: Oh yeah, that, that that's probably a safe bet that it will get nominated because this kind of like, uh, space stuff tends to go well with. I mean, last year we had uh, the the winner was um, what was the one the Ryan Gosling Moon one? Oh, uh, First Man. For yeah, thank you, First Man. Um, uh, because I, I wasn't I wasn't surprised on that one, but I I would have. I would have liked. I would have liked to have seen something like because they, they used it so creatively. Something like Ready Player
1: One to win. Uh, I mean, yeah, but I mean, I I'm so happy for First Man One because it got snubbed for like everything else. Like, I would I would have wanted to see it win, uh, get nominated for Best Picture and Best Actor.
0: <laughs> also, like I think it, it won like also in the sound category. But I thought the sound in Ready Player One was just so amazing. Uh, they they have a lot of fun with the sound design. Did you even notice? Did, did you watch Ready Player One? Yeah, I saw. It. There's one there's one part where you see the you know the 60s Batmobile in the opening race scene and it and it, it makes like this um, this hard turn and gets pushed over the edge and the brakes like the like the um, the tires on the road they actually make this sound on the road uh, that was actually really funny <laughs> yeah but yeah other other things we can expect from the Oscars I mean they' they're, they're gonna like fake pretend we care about politics and all of that um whoever are they maybe they're doing it maybe they keep it without a host which would be nice because it was actually because
1: I, it floats so well this year without a host
0: it does you don't really need a host because you already have a stage director also yeah
1: oh yeah.
0: so it, it was it actually it actually worked um in that regard um i think if they, they had they also had. There was one other show where they didn't have a host. Actually, back in the day, ironically, when um, "Driving Miss Daisy" won Best Picture.
1: <laughs> oh shit! History repeats itself,
0: huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Yeah, I know. Funny or not, but um, the, the other thing um. But I would like to see, you know, uh, not without the you know, not the host anymore. Maybe they are gonna do the host like for the last big curtain call and then never again, because it actually worked. It got, you know, it it kept the pace going. It was a lot snappier, um, faster. Um, I actually preferred that, that it didn't take like five hours or like unfunny, stupid skits. You know, they they actually it, it was a lot more natural. I kind of lost it in the way like where like, certain movies I've seen in the theater this year. I mean the you uh, you'll probably see like in terms of music, you know, John Williams getting nominated for uh, the last Star Wars movie.
1: I would love to see um, I, would, I would I'm sure well I know for a fact Parasite's going to win Best Foreign Film and it deserves it. safe
0: safe bet i i guess even though i haven't seen it yet yeah that 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 sounds about right but maybe i mean that uh, from what i've heard that movies are kind of unconventional in a way and i think they they might be looking for uh, they might be looking for something that's a little bit more accessible maybe i don't know
1: i mean well i mean yeah but then again roma was uh i wouldn't say it's like inaccessible but i mean like you know i wouldn't expect the general public to Catch on to it, but I mean, oh, that's I, true. Yeah, I think I think Parasite. I mean, well, Parasite is I'm not saying it's like convent, complete conventional, but that being said, I think it is accessible. Like, I think it's the kind of movie where if you know someone personally who is okay with reading subtitles in a movie, you can completely recommend Parasite because Parasite's a movie that I think anyone can latch on to because, like, it's so like I think anyone can catch on to it.
0: That's the difference in Germany because here everything gets dubbed. So we don't have to bother with subtitles. Uh, But in case of Roma, that was subtitled on Netflix. They didn't bother, um, you know, um, uh, giving that one uh, a dub. But but it was fine, you know. Uh, But I actually, when I watched Roma on Netflix, just, you know, in preparation for the Oscars, I actually finished it the day the Oscars were. And, and then I, you know, went to a friend and uh, watched the show. But I was I was watching it on Netflix, and I was like, man, I wish I could see this on the big screen, you know, with the cinematography and everything. I think there it might have been much more powerful.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
0: Funny yeah, I this foreign film? Good guess. Um, oh, what else? Um, in terms of, like, the what was, like, a very strong female performance, besides of Lupita Nyong'o, something that was, like, a little bit more conventional, the Oscars like to go...
1: I think for, uh, this year for Best Actress, um, there's a lot of choices, I think. I know Scarlett is gonna be, uh, big for a Marriage Story. <laughs> but, uh, I would love to see Lupita get nominated.
0: Yeah, it would be great, because she was great. She she was great. But she she's gonna get, I, I, I'm expecting that she's gonna get snubbed, just like, um, you know, um, in Hereditary, uh, uh, that's a shame. It's a bloody shame. It, it, it's so weird because in the seventies you had stuff like um The Exorcist winning best adapted screenplay. You would think horror movies weren't wouldn't be like a stranger. And stuff like um Silence of the Lambs. I'm
1: gonna bring up some, yeah, yeah.
0: That one like, you know, best actor, best actress, best picture, blah blah blah. All the big ones basically. Yeah. So it's really weird that horror has this weird stigma attached in terms of the academy where they just Constantly snap horror movies. I I really don't get it. Joaquin Phoenix might be no, might be nominated.
1: Oh, he's going to so, be nominated, and he might win. But we'll see.
0: It's it's going to be my call. He's gonna he's gonna win. Also, you know, for the Oscars, you know, if we want to be hip, and uh, it's it's uh it's uh, you know um, also they they already had one actor winning uh, best uh, actor for Joker. Uh, I mean, best supporting actor, but still it counts. So they're gonna maybe keep this a tradition <laughs> yeah because uh, uh jared later wasn't playing the joker in suicide squad so that's fine
1: yeah
0: and he was barely even in it so who cares
1: <laughs> oh
0: god don't even remind me of jared leto's joker fucking hell it wasn't even the joker you can't call him the joker exactly he was not the joker he was an impersonator was a quirky fuck juggalo we've talked about some of our expectations and a lot of dark stuff um concerning the um the cinema and the future of cinema and some other stuff you're looking forward to not a not a um not a bad um list of topics fun though it was i'm afraid we are out of time now um let me just say i had a lot of fun talking with you you know finally being able to talk to you in person and not um just uh over twitter uh was was really really great thank you for being here where can people find you and your stuff gwen
1: well uh i'm on twitter i'm on letterbox those are like the two big social media accounts that i uh plug um in my in my podcast too uh so there's that
0: great they will also be linked in the description of course dear listeners you can find my stuff before we say goodbye on um, uh, Facebook and Twitter at Lasse Vogt I uh, my podcast you're listening to it right now is called fans about films available on SoundCloud and iTunes with Lyle Perez I host it's a 90s Christmas podcast uh, on podomatic.com and iTunes a little bit of a break going on but we will be back Um, I'm also part of a German podcast network TeleStammtisch where we get sent to the newest stuff out there. So pretty much constantly. We also get a lot of streamings and I uh, write German soundtrack reviews for scoregeek.wordpress.com Some, uh, and a lot of new stuff going on there and, and I have a YouTube channel called The Depot, where you can find my short films and also my German film reviews Jesus Christ I do a lot of stuff on the internet and the list just keeps growing I don't know how I do this I really don't and I don't know how I can keep it going anymore but um, thank, thank you so much again for uh, giving uh, me your time I really had a lot of fun
1: yeah I. I of course this was awesome you were awesome to talk to thank you so much for having me um i'm I'm glad to do this all the time yeah
0: i'm i can only give it back thank you again thank you for listening um dear listeners um you know where to find us (laughs) see you on the next show uh until then have a wonderful evening and we say goodbye goodbye